I was like, oh yeah, she may be uncomfortable being out here with everybody. No. And you know, I don't know. No, but not at all. The, and I thought about your ability to blend in. And then I looked at you and I realized you were dressed like a superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she's not going to blend in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I look like I'm going to go mountain climbing or uh-huh. something. <laughs> so something repelling is going to happen. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. Thank okay. You. I think we are good. We're Ready? rolling too. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I am Jim Short. Jim, we're here in Carborough, North Carolina, and we are here with um, the uh, person responsible for the big merge, merge 25th anniversary. Um, she's also a member of one of the most legendary bands in the world, uh, Super Chunk, our friends, <laughs> our good friends. We love Super Chunk. And no, we haven't gotten to meet you yet, so this is great, because we've uh-huh. gotten everybody else. We've gotten everybody else except Jim. I was going to say, if you got Jim, I, w- I would be amazed. Well, we, don't, we didn't have that. It's the only other person that we haven't gotten from the band. And, and we have extensive, we've had interviews, I think, with everybody else, um, and Jason, your replacement even. Uh-huh. Um, but Laura Balance is here. That's who I'm talking to. And uh, so uh, this, is a, this is a new thing. Like um, this year, I also just went to go see um, the Pixies, who's another one of my favorite bands. And um, Kim also was not there. So they had uh, another bass player. And I was thinking, what's happening to the female bass players of rock? Ooh. <laughs> Do you know why Kim isn't there? Mm-mm. I made assumptions of my own, but I... I I have no idea. I don't know. But then you decided to take a break. Um, also, you have a major label here. So it's like a, 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 a multiple full-time jobs already yes. doing this. And you have a family. And so it's like, yes. what do you, you know, this is good. But it's, it's sad for the girls on the road who've always looked up to you. I've always yes. really looked up to you. And I felt like you playing gave so many women permission not only to love love rock and roll, but to be in it yes it's true yeah it's true i i feel bad Mm -hmm. about not being there but it was a a personal decision i kind of had to i had to make because of my ears i've been having i mean i've known for a long time (laughs) that Mm -hmm. my band was really loud yeah (laughs) and maybe too loud and um i mean within the first year or two of the band starting i started like trying to get Mac to turn his amp down and Mm -hmm. really like sneakily going over to his amp. And I used to turn it down, Mm -hmm. but he would always turn it back up and usually louder than it was before. He would know, he would like be like, gosh, my amp is too quiet. And he'd go turn it back up and it would probably be louder than it was before. So I quit doing that. But I started like trying to angle it away from me and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be in front of it. And, um, but just over the years, the band has gotten louder, mm-hmm. and I think you know partially maybe from hearing loss on everybody's oh, right. part, right? Um, and everybody reacts to it differently, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mine, you know, theirs seems to be to get louder, and mine is like, "Ouch, this hurts. I don't like this." Yes. Um, and uh, I might, you know, so I have tinnitus, but also I have. This is a self-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I think I have hyperacusis. Which mm-hmm. is another condition that where you're it my my experience of it is kind of that that um my hearing isn't good mm-hmm. but 
So I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What, what, what? And then, oh my God, you're too loud. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, my, my right ear has just gotten super sensitive in a strange way where when people are loud or when I'm in a loud situation, my ear starts making this kind of (laughs) noise. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when that started and we started touring again when we put out majesty shredding Mm -hmm. i was noticing like oh things are getting worse yeah um because we had had a long break and my ears started to kind of normalize yeah um and being around the noise again just made me realize like i things are deteriorating and i can i can see it now Mm -hmm. and I decided I want to be able, if my daughter ever has children, mm-hmm. I want to be able to hear them. <laughs> right, of course, of course. <laughs> well, your, your ears are very important because, I mean, if you look at the lineup of this s- amazing weekend you have here, I mean, you have um, Neutral Milk Hotel, Bob Mould, just today, Teenage Fan Club, um, last night, uh, the Mountain Goats and, and Wyoke, and, and it's like, um, every night, you know, and then Super Chunk played Thursday, which I was sad to miss. But it's like very every but every night and every everything. It's sort of like you look at the history of Merge and you think, wow, this is really a big portion of a lot of our lives. You know, this is a, the music is symbolic of for for so many reasons. I think for a lot of us through these twenty five years, it's been like a real coming of age, coming to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of people are coming to this festival really as an adult. Like I noticed. Um, there was such a vast range of ages, you know, people that were a lot younger and then people were, who were my age and even older that were like, everybody was like, like coming together with this music. And Mm -hmm. it's such a, it's such an important thing. Now, do you look at that? Um, look at all the lineups this, this, for this weekend and think, wow, this is my body work. I mean, this is my, this is the people that I've supported in there. It's an incredible group. Yes. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's I, and I feel so lucky yeah, and privileged to have any association with it, and and uh, just that that all these people have chosen to work with us. Right, it says a lot. Yeah, it does say a lot because um, they're all. Everybody is really amazing. Everybody's really influential. What I see also is a, a very strong queer element, yes. like a solid, very very solid, like queer sound coming out of it like mm-hmm. it's it's very gay it's very alternative it's very um it, it, it's so hard to actually put your finger on it but there, there's so, so much going on it's so inclusive yeah which is really really cool it's just about good music yeah yeah it doesn't matter what it's what you hear that you yeah. love so yeah. your yeah. ears are valuable good music just it doesn't matter who you are and whatever it's just uh, yeah it's just coming to hear some good music yes what did it, you guys yeah what did you guys think about like when you start you started the label 25 years ago and what was the genesis of that um it was really i mean kind of a whim Mm -hmm. there was not a whole lot of thought put into it other than one mac was in all these bands Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think wanted a way to you know put them out Mm -hmm. and also here in the triangle between chapel hill and durham and raleigh there were all these bands in the 80s that would form 
and play for a while and be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, everybody would go and see them play. And then after, you know, six months or something or a year, they'd usually just break up and go away because there, there was, it wasn't, there was no sense of progress mm-hmm. because people really like, you know, nobody would put out a record. Nobody would be able to tour outside of the area really mm-hmm. because there's no way for anybody else to hear them. Right. Um, and so it seemed like a good idea for us to at least, you know, start doing tapes or seven inches or whatever to document these bands mm-hmm. so that they could, you know, at least like send them to booking agents. Right. Right. Um, and hopefully even to stores and distributors around the country and, and be able to move beyond being a local band. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. And I think you were also giving people an alternative to, in a way that like we can do this all ourselves and we don't have to wait for like corporate money or corporate support or whatever, you know, that... Yeah, you don't have to wait for somebody to come to you mm-hmm. and decide for you. Right. That's powerful. That, that, that you can put out a record. Right. It's, it's not a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And at first, it seemed sort of intimidating. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we we had the good fortune of, like, our friend Jonathan Marks, who was in Lamb Chop at the mm-hmm. time, lived in, they live in Nashville. And there's a, there was a, there still is a pressing plant, a vinyl pressing plant in Nashville called United Record Pressing that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should try United. And, you know, I don't know how back then we would have decided where to go to press records. Mm-hmm. It's all about, it was all about connections back then too, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't even look something up on the internet, you know? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you didn't, couldn't do a Google search for vinyl pressing plants, you know? Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah. It's funny to think about now. Mm-hmm. But that's really, I mean, it's, it's a really great thing because then that connection led to now this, this amazing label that has so many great great performers and, and great bands and from all over. And, and then also the catalogs of Bob Mould and Mark Eitzel, who's mm-hmm. one of my true heroes. I mean, he's really an incredible, incredible guy in, in American Music Club. It's like so, yes. it's powerful, you know? It is powerful. And, but I, I feel like Mark is underappreciated. Mark is, um, he is a true genius. Yes. He's a true, he's a true genius and he's truly, I mean, I think, um, this is unstoppable. But there's like some things like, you know, you go, well, how is it that, you know, how can we make this this kind of music should be as popular as Mm Jay-Z or it should be as popular as anything else that's like kind of coming out. But this is so much its own thing. But I think that just as many people love it, it's just, it's a different area, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. A different thing. But I love that you're um, housing all of this really important music, you know, that's still here. It's still, um, I'm going through all the old 120 minutes there online. There's an archive that has everything that, um, was ever on any show. And so I, I'm looking like of, through. of MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, um, so it has all of the video, like the links to every video they played and wow. like, uh, every, um, interview they did and all the live performances from the show. Mm-hmm. So there's a, and like merge is so heavily represented there. Even before merge existed, there was this place where like, this is what, if you, if you look, it's like a archive at the 120 minutes archive, you'll see that your labels all over there. Huh? It's a trip. It's really, it's like they cur- curated it uh-huh. in a way, like 
before it existed, they kind of ma- mapped it out for you. Right. So it's all the, those people that we, we love. Mm-hmm. Could have been like a great, they should be here having some sort of um, reunion. Yeah. It's really nice. But what is the, what is You know about? who's here is Tabitha Soren. Have you seen her? Oh, I haven't seen her yet. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. That's really great. Kennedy should be here. Yeah. <laughs> She was she was a hundred and twenty minutes host, wasn't she? What was her? She what was, was, she, was she? She, she wasn't. I don't think she was a hundred minutes because it was Matt and and it was what's his name, the English bloke, Dave, Dave Kendall. Yeah, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beforehand, um, it it well Kennedy was um just a VJ. Just a VJ, yeah. But did Dave host before Matt? Dave hosted before Matt. Yeah, Dave created was, it. Oh yeah, it's his. It was and his. so um, he uh, hosted it before Matt, and then Matt took it over. But I think Kennedy was like she was just a VJ, but she had a different take on things because she was Republican, right? So it was like a very um, to be politically uh, conservative in that time was really kind of a weird thing because it seemed like everybody was independent and everybody right. was progressive. Yeah, but um, in a way, it's it's like. Well, that's even more punk rock to be <laughs> conservative uh-huh. and really weird. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the post-Reagan era. Yeah. <laughs> I think of her more as a libertarian. Maybe because she yeah. has the glasses, too, that makes you seem more hipster, uh-huh. I think. But um, what is it about this, the triangle, that makes it so... It's like you're in the middle of the South. This is the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so um, progressive. It's like It's so like this island of sanity in a very, very conservative state. Jesse Helms used to say that Chapel Hill was a zoo and we needed to put a fence around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. To, to, to keep them out, right? Yeah. <laughs> to keep us liberal animals inside. Um, but uh, I think the reason that the triangle is so liberal and and progressive is is the universities Mm. you know there's duke in durham there's unc here and and nc state Mm -hmm. which is less liberal i think or Mm -hmm. or historically was less liberal um you know we have these three universities here so Mm. it attracts young people and you know forward-thinking professors and whatever um whereas the rest of north carolina is mostly pretty rural mm-hmm. or there's a lot of military bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this area is attractive to people who have a more liberal state of mind, I guess. Yeah. And there's a really thriving um, music scene here that was a very, it was, it was a very much like something that I remember starting, I guess in the early nineties. I just remember that being like this, like was you guys and, Ben Folds and there's so many different kinds of sounds coming from here. So mm-hmm. it was always exciting to think about like what's coming out of Chapel Hill. Yeah. Well, it, and it started even before that. I, when I was in, I moved here my senior year of high school from Atlanta. And um, so I think that was 1985, maybe. Um, and uh, there was already a lot going on and you know I had a sense when I moved here that there had been a strong music scene going for a long time already Mm -hmm. just with um you know hardcore bands Mm -hmm. like COC um and ugly Americans and like there were all these there were all these hardcore bands and and there were already clubs here 
mm-hmm. where punk rock bands would stop and play mm-hmm. on their way from D.C. to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a good stop. Yeah. Because it's too long a drive otherwise, you know. Right. And, and it was a good place for these bands to stop and play. And I'm sure, you know, it felt podunk compared to those cities. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of amazing punk rock shows come through. Yeah. Um, so we had good rock clubs. Also, with the colleges here, good college radio stations, mm-hmm. which were so important to getting the word out about all these bands. Right. Um, yeah. It's great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, great. it's great. How would you how would you describe like getting into starting to play? Like what what was your desire? When did you want to start playing music? It's sort of embarrassing mm-hmm. because I never wanted to start playing music. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted I was a fan. Mm-hmm. I'd been a fan since the first time I saw Adam and the Ants on TV. Oh yes. <laughs> there, there was some crazy like filmed thing where they were they played on this stage that was made up to you know look like a pirate ship oh my god <laughs> hms bounty <laughs> yes it that's was amazing. incredible um and the first i think i saw that when i was like 14 did he walk the plank <laughs> <laughs> i probably yeah i don't remember that specifically but like it was this amazing it, i'm sure you can still find it on youtube that's incredible yeah um but but anyway, I you know, I'd been a music fan for a long time and loved listening to music and and going to see bands play, but it never occurred to me that I wanted to be up there in front of people because I am I've I I've always been sort of an introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm not sort of, I am an introvert. Mm-hmm. And and the idea of getting up in front of people, that was, you know, terrifying and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But pretty much what happened is Mac persuaded me to do it. Mm-hmm. He made me. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> he made you walk the music plank. He yeah, did. the music plank. He did. <laughs> um, and uh, for the first few years that Super Chunk was playing, I was terrified. I would have tunnel vision mm-hmm. while we were playing. Wow. And sometimes get so panicked that I would just, I couldn't think and I would mess up. You know, mm-hmm. I'd just completely forget what I was trying to play. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to re- figure out the notes or remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took years. Yeah. Of just trying to push through that, which I couldn't have done without Mac just going like, no, you can do it. Yeah. And don't stop playing. Yeah. Whatever you do, just keep, even if it's the wrong notes, keep playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. I guess so. And then, so then you, uh, you guys started, what, when, what year did you guys start? 89 mm-hmm. is when we started Super Chunk. I guess like maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was 88 when I started playing mm-hmm. because we, we had a few other bands before Super Chunk really mm-hmm. formed mm-hmm. Um, with other friends from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the lineup with you, so you and Mac were in other bands with other people? Yes. And then, so how did you find John? John came along later. We like f- our original drummer was this guy named Chuck Garrison, mm-hmm. um, and I think let me think what year did No Pocky for Kitty come out? Probably ninety two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it wasn't working out with Chuck, mm-hmm. um, and we had recorded No Pocky for Kitty, and we're getting ready to go out and tour for it. And 
we got John mm-hmm. involved and he basically like just, you know, jumped right in and was immediately amazing and completely different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they're both great drummers, but but I don't know, playing with John has been an education. And really, I feel like I was able to play better once I started playing with John because mm-hmm. he's so steady and dependable. Yeah. Right. And I realized, like, he's giving me signals. Like, he does this thing, and that means it's the fourth one. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like, like I don't know if it's how he keeps track of what he's doing, but there's yeah. little different things that happen as you go through the song that, like... I noticed him doing that I had never experienced before with other drummers. No, I know exactly what you mean because I've sang with him um, with with Bob Mould's mm-hmm. band, and they um, it, he is such a reassuring presence on stage. With yeah, you. like and it feels like he's driving. Like I feel like I have the motor, the super chunk motor behind me <laughs> yes. driving the song, but the everything he's it's so perfect and precise. And then he'll put in like little flourishes to let you know where you are on the song mm-hmm. which i always need because i i get that s- scary tunnel vision mm-hmm. too when i'm singing that's really scary to me for some reason i don't know why talking is not a problem but it's singing different. is really scary yeah no, well, but john is so reassuring mm-hmm. and such a uh such a talented drummer and also so reliable as a person mm-hmm. you know like because when he, he what's great about john worcester is he's always the same yes you know there's no um Sometimes you'll you'll encounter musicians. There is like a weird period before they go on, and they act real weird. <laughs> yes, I'm like that. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten less like that over the years. But yeah. but I used to be like that. Like I had to be. I wanted to be alone. And if people were hanging around backstage, I was like, yeah, oh, I need to go away. I need my alone time right now. There's nothing was that wrong just with to, that. just to get ready? Yeah, get yourself ready for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because I would be nervous. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm nervous, I don't really want to socialize. No, it's true. Well, you're gonna, I wanna, if you're going to go to work. Yeah, and also like Jim and I share this. Like, it used I used to have this thing where like I'd have to go to the bathroom a million times before we played. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like you know, there'd be people backstage, and they'd go in the bathroom. Oh my god, I can't believe you're using our bathroom right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonna keep stuff. this area clear for emergencies. <laughs> yes, people do not know how to behave backstage either. It's just such a, it's bad. It, we, people should never be going backstage anyway before a show. Yeah, that's really obnoxious. I mean, unless we're all on the same bill, then it's another thing. But yeah. it's like very. Just, I, you're talking about random. Yeah, like people who fans to see and you. folks and yeah. friends and hangers. On and that's yeah. a real problem, but in in like that's when they want to come hang out. I know. I guess to show that they're really your friend or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know what people. I don't I, know. Yeah, I thought I'd engage thinking. you in conversation before you go out and do a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People do. People do that too. Sometimes in stand up, it's a, sometimes you can just have a chat and then walk on stage. But yeah. Yeah. There is a bit of like you just want to like I'm getting ready. I'm preparing for this mm-hmm. and whatever. But yeah. You want a little time. But you still don't want to like have a full conversation mm-hmm. with somebody or just or hang out like do that afterwards. Yeah. But I love I love that John Worcester is so consistent. Yeah. You know, in his energy and personality, everything. You know, um, I always fight to get to, get to sit next to him. Yeah, because he's yeah, just he's so awesome. he's so gentle, mm-hmm. but it's a powerful energy. It's a force. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, now, right now, Super Chunk is touring with our other favorite um, sideman, uh, Jason Nardesey, who is uh, who is playing your parts. And um, you know, it's it's sad to not see you, but it's good to see him. Yeah, exactly. We could not have 
come up with a more perfect mm-hmm. substitute or replacement, as the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> In my be- mind. He's the best. He's great. He, he's great. He's nice. Mm-hmm. He's a great bass player. His, he can sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they, the other guys enjoy hanging out with him. Yeah. It's perfect. And John already had a relationship with him, so they were right. used to playing together. Right. So, I, you know, we knew that it would be seamless in that way. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. There wouldn't be, like, a, a break-in period of somebody trying to figure out how to play. Right. <laughs> and it's good for you, too, because it's like, okay, now you can go with this is my blessing. You know, in yes. a sense, this band is, is really it's so much of you and your work for all this time so it's like a really it must be a great relief it is it is a huge relief i yeah i like to say that jason has saved my ass it's great <laughs> or my ears it's great <laughs> the ear thing is weird i always wear earplugs um i have the kind that are like wax mm-hmm. so they really fill up your entire ear canal because i do a lot of like weird like just with my acting stuff where like i'll like have to shoot guns or something mm-hmm. and so there's always i have such a terror terror of like really loud sounds yeah like that so i always have like these earplugs that like are like solidly in there but i mean you know you can really damage your hearing after years of going to shows mm-hmm. in these like yeah, just from even just being places. there watching shows yeah you know mm-hmm. you get a lot of damage but that seems to be a big thing that a lot of musicians i mean most famously pete townsend is the one that had had tinnitus mm-hmm. with his ears mm-hmm. but it's it's funny because like all these football players now they're suing football because of the concussions and stuff like that. But musicians can't sue rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> you can't bring a class you? action suit. But it, there seems to be so many people that, that really have had that issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think, I don't know. I feel like it's coming to people's attention more now, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I really worry that I look around and I see in the crowd that most people aren't wearing earplugs. Right. And, and I... I, just, I worry that they don't realize what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think about younger people today and how, ha- like, I really sound old when I say that. Um, I know, but, I, but it's, uh, you get to an age where, like, everyone is much younger. <laughs> yes. I look out there and I'm like, it's, it's like a children's playground. <laughs> <laughs> but younger people today, they're all growing up, like, listening to music with earbuds mm-hmm. and constantly constantly and so it's right in their ears and and who knows how loud it is and when you're young you think that you're you know you're nothing is ever going to go wrong mm-hmm. get with you you mm-hmm. are you're invincible yeah and it would it doesn't occur to you that smoking might give you cancer or or it might do it to somebody some old person but it won't do it to you right and or that you're you might lose your hearing mm-hmm. or that Oh sure, I'll lose a little hearing right now, but it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I worry that the, the young there's going to be this whole generation of people who have pretty bad hearing loss. Yeah, <laughs> because they have just taken their ears so for granted. Well, I think that these young people now have a lot of things like that to deal with. And it, I feel like there's been a loss of like education, not education, connection with people because they always have to, when they look at somebody for a long time, they, then they start to think about their phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and everybody's looking at their phone and it's like, well, I think that it, I used to just look at my feet like a good hipster. <laughs> I used to just stare at the ground uh-huh. <laughs> like any sort of like um, sort of isolated indie rock chicks. So yeah, right. We didn't have, we didn't have iPhones. We had the, the, you know, our shoes. That was it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I haven't thought of it that way. But I, I feel like a lot of people in our generation have that same mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Disease of like, you know, you'll be talking to him for a few minutes and then the phone comes out and you're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. The only th- th- thing that I think it's acceptable is when if you are going to take a picture with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... That's that's the only time I think it's right, but um, it is, you know, the, the hearing thing. It does scare me, and then I think like now uh, nowadays we have these festivals like this weekend where you have several days of ten hours of music, you know, mm-hmm. all and it's so amazing and exciting. But then this has got to be really hard on people's ears. Yeah, you yeah. know, I ordered two thousand pairs of earplugs. Wow. And we put them in all everybody's um, packets with their passes. That's great. And also we've been giving out, you know, we've had free earplugs available at the yeah. merch table the whole time. That's really important. But I just think that a lot of people don't even think about it and don't even mm-hmm. like... Never think about it. Look for Like them. there should be sunscreen and earplugs ear, ear today. Yes. Yeah. I think it will, will be covered. I'll, I'll remind people from the stage. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it, it's <laughs> yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like your Woodstock announcements. Yes. <laughs> Stay clear of the brown earplugs, man. <laughs> what was it? The brown acid? Brown, the brown acid. I wonder what drugs people will do today. I don't, I feel like everybody's so squeaky clean here. Generally, I think the, the average merge fan is pretty squeaky clean. Pretty clean. Not yeah. straight edge. No. Oh, they drink. But they drink, but it's not really, it, it's not like, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not like other kinds of festivals or like where you, you know everybody's going to be on Molly. <laughs> I think maybe that'll be as, as edgy as it gets as Molly. No. What is Molly? There's a lot of everyone named Molly. A lot of people named Molly. Of people <laughs> named Molly. Molly <laughs> is, um, it is the, I think it's a derivative of MDMA. We're a purified version of ecstasy. Oh, it's a very it's a very popular rock concert drug or festival drug. Does it make people all happy? Yeah, is that why everybody's been so nice? It could be. <laughs> do you guys never? Did you guys never have like a? Is there a super chunk druggy phase? I feel like you guys were so like clean and scrubbed and we shiny. Have never been druggy. No, there may have been. There have been a few instances where someone smoked some pot. <laughs> no names no but, names at but all but never like never n- never a lot well you and, can't you can't we, run a musical empire all messed up well yeah no we can't but i like also though like there have been phases where we've drunk a lot mm-hmm. and uh, there have been times where i was like that i think back on where jim would drive Uh-oh. after the show mm-hmm. and i was like really he was the most sober of all of us like and thank god we didn't have an accident or get pulled over or you know yeah. hurt anybody yeah um but oh i wanted to tell this one funny pot story one time okay our booking agent our old booking agent was v- a very serious pot smoker mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we um our first tour where we went to Australia and then Japan, our booking agent, Bob was going to come and meet us in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Australia first and John left his sweater at the promoter's house mm-hmm. while we went and played other cities. Mm-hmm. And we came back to Sydney and he got his sweater and we flew to Japan and then we're in Japan in the hotel and John 
puts his hand in the pocket of his sweater and pulls out a bag of marijuana. <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, oh my God. You know, yeah. He didn't put it in there. No. But, but it turns out the promoter's brother had borrowed John's sweater. Oh my goodness. While <laughs> we were elsewhere mm-hmm. and had left some pot mm. in the sweater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get in some serious trouble. Oh yeah, down oh, there. Yeah. Japan, yeah. Japan. For sure, for sure. Um, but our booking agent was so grateful and delighted that that pot <laughs> that <it> was, <laughs> was there. Yeah. Not, not that they didn't get busted, but that it was there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's incredible. It was incredible. And like, yeah, John, I think, just about had a heart attack. When I'm he... sure. Unwary drug mule. <laughs> John Worcester is locked Lucy. Locked up abroad. <laughs> John <laughs> locked up abroad. Hail Mary. It's like so Hail Mary or John. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I feel sorry for John now. That's like so scary to think about. Because <laughs> he well, could have especially... been caned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. Is that what they do there? I don't know. That's no. That's, that's someplace like else. That's, that's Singapore that's, and yeah. Singapore. Thailand. They get cane. Like that. But that's the, that. Yeah, he would be so locked up abroad. Well, people are. I mean, they are locked up in those places so much. I mean, you know, they always get those. Uh, the, there was an Australian girl, Chappelle Corby, who just got released. She was in there, and they don't really know how it happened. Um, she got to Bali, and they found like all this weed in her bag, and people go. Who brings weed to Bali? Yeah. You usually take it back. Mm-hmm. And But the, her family's a bit sort of maybe sketchy, so they don't know who, or if it was a, a, a setup or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But she was in for 10 years and yeah. just got out and she has to stay in Bali for another two years. Wow. She was on death row too, I think. They were like an Yeah, executor. well, they give those extreme kind of, you know what, she could have got death, but I think they gave her life instead. So is she, she was just some random... Well, she said it, she said somebody put it in the in the pocket of her jumper. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rock pr- promoter. I left, I left my jumper at some rock promoter's house in Sydney, and it's not my weed. It's so it, yeah. It's so it, it, it's so good that he didn't know though. He didn't yeah, find yeah, it when yeah. he was going through. If he had yeah, if he had found it when he was in the airplane, mm-hmm. been so scary. Yeah, right. He would well, yeah. He would have had to go and like flush it down the toilet or something. Of the airplane or yeah. something like yeah. That's or so scary. Eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Most people who have that serious, they're like, well, I'm not, that's the, the real dilemma, right? Do I, yeah. Do yeah. I get I've got to like, oh, yeah. I um, posted um, a couple of weeks ago on, I think it was in John's Facebook, about how uh, was, there was a video with you guys. I think, is it Watery Hands? It's um, it's we with you and David and Janine Groffel. David Cross, first of all, had the biggest crush on you all through the 90s and beyond <laughs> it was like he's like we have to go see super chunk we have to lower balance lower balance lower balance. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> i think he put my name in one of the shows or something yeah. i can't remember yeah yeah you're you're um definitely beloved among so many of these men who were just like oh my god women can play <laughs> <laughs> that's awkward it's it's awesome <laughs> it's like so awesome but they 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 were really i mean all all the friends the comedian friends that i had were very very much into your band and um i remember that video it was janine and david and then you guys and we were all so jealous that they were in the video and then they got to do the yola tango video and we were, yeah. we were so jealous <laughs> Well, all you had to do was step up and volunteer, you know. We I would know. have taken you. I should have. I should have. I just didn't know like what to how to how to go about it. And then th- this was before, I guess, Twitter, so it was hard to connect. But mm-hmm. they did, and it was the coolest video. 
it, it's it holds up. It's really really cool. It's funny. I watched it. I don't know, not that long ago, and I was thinking like, God, it looks so out of date and funny. It looks great, but I like it. I think it's great. I think it's really funny, and you guys are so cute, and you also really look the same. You all have not aged, mm-hmm. which is great. Also, because when you see people like, oh, they're kind of about my age, and then you see them go through life and they haven't aged, it's like, oh, maybe I'd have an age that bad either. <laughs> <laughs> we might all, the rock is keeping us young. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's I all an so. attitude. It is. It helps. It is. And um, so today is like a big celebration, um, but people can find out about what the label is doing on, you merge as a Twitter. Yes. And a Facebook. So what is it? At Merge Records? I think, yes. At Merge Records. In, and then the, the, you guys are on Facebook. Yes. And then you can find out about all the different acts and what they're doing and everything. And Yes. And then you'll be like, you'll be here manning the ship until forever. Yes. That's great. Yes. As far as I know. Yeah. Until forever. Good. Sometimes I think about that and I think about how we have these things every five years and I think about like... What is 50 going to be like? Mm. Well, it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> Are we going to make it that far? Yeah. Will we still be doing this? For when, sure. When Merge has been around 50 years? I hope so. I hope so. I Can mean, I, I sit down I think so. that time? Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point you might have hired people to run the empire. Yeah. You know, but then it'd be great to still be able to come back and see, you know, see this. And then I, I look at it and I realize, oh, actually, 25 years is not that long of a period of time. Mm-hmm. If you think about what you've been doing mm-hmm. for the last 25 years. Yeah, for sure. Then I'm like, oh, it's actually not that long. But I'm, I'm glad that we're here to celebrate the 25. What, what acts are you excited about today? Oh, well, I'm really excited about Vertical Scratchers. They're playing first. I love them oh, so great. much. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and... I mean, I'm excited about all of them. I love them all. I I think I'm so excited. Well, I'm going to sing with Bob Mould, which I'm already diarrhea about uh, for two days. Okay. Speaking of hearing loss. Yeah. Are are your wax earplugs enough being up there with them? Yeah. They are the loudest. They're the loudest. Well, I I, I think um, of all the bands, I've probably seen them and been around them the most. So, and I do, I do wear them like, yeah, they, they fill up every little area in my ear yeah I, why have i never tried those i've never tried that kind i've only had the like f- foamy ones and i got some custom ones made oh yeah yeah but those actually don't work that well if you ask me um the the blue the blue waxy ones they're like i ordered them online you could never find them anywhere um so i ordered them online and they uh just block out every every sound and then it's they were worn famously by the lead singer of the knack who i believe died but he really could not say enough good things about them. Mm-hmm. So that that's because they're they're pretty loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you think mm-hmm. about the knack, the knack? they're really? very very loud. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw them. Yeah, they're very. Uh, it's a lot of heavy heavy drums and um, the shrill Rickenbacker guitar. So it's like very very loud. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I will wear them during Bob for sure. And I sometimes I for a little treat I'll take them out. Like for the oh. Mountain Goat set, I took took them out for uh-huh. a- just for Amy, and then I put them back. <laughs> right. Um. You Do get, you like, find it treat. hard to sing when your ears are plugged up? This is something that Matt complains oh. about. He's always throwing his earplugs on the ground because he feels like he can't sing in key properly if his, he has earplugs in, which, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like... I might take them out if I sing. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like it would, you would think that you would need to have your ears connected with everyone. 
Well, I feel like when I have earplugs in, my ears are still connected. It's just things are a little bit muffled. Yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, you can really hear, anything. yeah. Right. It just muffles it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's just you just want that contact with the music. Maybe yeah. because if it hurts a little bit, then it's real. Ah! <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that, oh. Gets very deep. It does. It gets deep. It does. But we're so excited to be here, Laura Balance, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, you can reach me at Margaret Cho. Where can they reach you? At Jimmy Shelter. You can reach both of us at Monsters of Talk. We are every Monday on SoundCloud and iTunes, and leave us a review. You can watch us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Monsters of Talk. And uh, we are here congratulating Merge on 25 years and congratulating, congratulating Laura. And um, we love our listeners, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do this again in 25 more years. Yes. At the 50. <laughs> At the 50th. I mean, it would be great. I, it's, do you, but you guys do this every five years. We do it every five years. So the next one would be 30 if, if we, unless yeah. something happens where instead we decide to take the staff to the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> instead. That, that would go over well. <laughs> yeah, it might. But also it might not. Everybody loves know. this. Everybody They're having so much this. fun. It's such a big deal, you know. And then this this festival has gotten so much coverage. Like they're saying, like um, the the press is like, this is the only rock festival that's not going to suck. Is <laughs> it really is cool? This is like there's such a there's no kind of weird douchey presence at like rock festivals. Like here, it's just so people who love the music mm-hmm. and their fans and everybody's kind of local too. So it's just an amazing thing for everyone. But there's no that kind of weird, I don't know, festival thing. There's yeah. like a festival sort of chic that goes around. This is much more down to earth yeah. and exciting. But people do come from all over. Yeah. It's not like there's people from Brazil mm-hmm. and Europe. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's exciting. It it's is. Because they're coming for the rock. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>